everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. Yes, today we're covering the classic original Friday the 13th. Originally classic. Originally classic, <laughs> classically original, you know? We're not, yeah, we're not doing Friday the 13th part 38. <laughs> How many are there? How many are there? I haven't counted them. I refuse to count that high for free. And so I, I want to just say there's close to 12 or 13 if you count that Jason X right. and Freddy versus Jason. Uh huh. Because I own oh, yeah, you do have to, yeah, you have to you have to count the the crop. Yeah. I think you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So today we're um celebrating a holiday charade, right? Right. It's Friday the thirteenth. And so we're gonna talk about Friday the thirteenth with um Nightmare on Fierce. I mean, no, Nightmare on Fifth. <laughs> <laughs> The alliteration, I had it. I practiced it. And then I was like one sip of a beer and I can't speak anymore. Um, <laughs> Our neighbors were a block over, you don't know. <laughs> right? Just listen to both. And that way you have to worry about if I'm right or not. Just listen to go. both. Subscribe to both right now. <laughs> um, all right. Well, welcome Alma and Dahlia. Thank we're you. get to Hello. know you guys a little uh, briefly. Uh, um, but first, we want to talk about Fifth, Fifth Street. Sorry, I can't talk today for some reason. So, but it sounds like y'all got started early on the drinks. <laughs> I mean, just I this morning. It's, it's been fine. a day. <laughs> it's been right, a good day for me. Thank God it's Friday. Um, <laughs> so, tell the listeners a little bit about like what your podcast is about. What do you guys do on your podcast? Okay, that looks Alma folding her hands down and looking at the camera <laughs> means I need to be talking. <laughs> Okay, so Nightmare on Fifth Street is Alma and I just wanting to talk about horror movies. So it started out very basic like that. Uh, we grew up watching scary movies. And looking back, it's like we pretty much almost always watched horror. I'm trying, an occasional comedy here and there, but it was just like almost mm -hmm. horror. I don't know how we got away with it, but I guess because we're Gen X, we're older than you guys. So, uh, I think it's because a, a lot of the, you know, our parents just didn't give a shit. <laughs> as long as we were we out of their hair. Watching. Yeah. Uh -huh. As long as we were out of their hair, but we always gravitated towards horror movies. And we found that horror was, has just always been like a comfort thing to us. So um, we don't live in the same city anymore. And we haven't for a very long time um, because both of us joined the military straight out of high school. But whenever we get together, it's always like, okay, what horror movie are we going to watch? It's always been that way. Of course, with mm -hmm. the past year, with everything going on in this world, Alma and I just wanted to feel uh, a little bit more connected, you know, um, and since we were already watching these scary movies and and um, we decided, hey, well, I, we didn't decide. I went to her I and I asked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, please, what please, a good please. idea. Yeah, do this <laughs> thing with me. I want, uh, I want to do a podcast. Just hear me out. That's what I always say when I, I have an idea. Just hear me out. And I, 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 I sold it to her because I, I was really surprised too. And um, she always says, what was it that you said, Alma, if I had asked you for something else? Okay, I would just, uh, well, it, yeah, if it was any other one, I would have said no. If it was any <laughs> other type of podcast, yeah, I would have said no. But it's something that we're doing already. Like, 
Right. Yeah, we were already talking about Actually, every week. We talk about what talk we about doing. the movies. You know. Yep. yep. And yeah. so yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's it like we a movie recommendation. Who doesn't? You know, friends are doing it. Family do it all the time already. And then we just, I was just like, okay, that's good. that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's- and since it's since then it's grown, uh, uh, it, it's evolved a little bit. I mean, obviously we're we're very new still. I mean, we just started this past January, but we've we've uh, a lot of what what came of it is like I I said before, it's like it's it's always been like a coping thing for us to use horror, you know, to get through a day. You know, it's like what's mm-hmm. what's com- let, let me put on a comfort movie, okay? What which slasher flick can I watch you know some some like you know Freddy or whoever just tear someone apart so I can it's like a catharsis for me sitting there but um so but we started noticing that um even though we are big fans of horror we're just not seeing our faces you know as much on there we're not seeing Latinos we're not seeing brown people we're not seeing a lot of people of color and and so even though we enjoy horror we're still gonna love it you know we are trying more to um look and seek out those uh, um, horror movies that aren't necessarily always being talked about. Are we still going to talk about Friday the 13th? Hell yeah. Um, but, you know, we are going to talk about movies like Ojuju, which we spoke about this past week, and that's a Nigerian zombie flick. So um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, the best of both worlds, finding new horror and then enjoying the classics like this. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. I've loved your list. I've been stealing things. I'm like, I need to see this. I need to see that. I need to see that. Um, I might want to cover this because like Nigerian zombies, yes. Oh, and so I, again, I just, I love that we've all found each other because like there's like a group of horror podcasters of color who are just like, I love everything you're doing and here's what I'm doing. You want to be a part of this? And so it's this cool little community um, and you get to like grow your list because it's hard sometimes finding people who look like you in this genre and people keep telling you it's doing better. And I'm like, where at? And so it's nice to compare notes. I I live like you did an episode um, featuring BIPOC Femmes uh, a few weeks ago, and I was like, I don't know most of these names. Why don't I know most of these names? And so I was like taking notes, fast and furious, nine style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can love awesome. you can love horror movies like totally, and you can still uh, give your criticisms where you mm-hmm. where you need it or what needs improvement. There's that's totally what it's there for because we're watching yeah. it we consume it so why not share our opinions about what we want to see more of whenever we yeah. can you know yeah there's no such thing as a perfect film mm-hmm. no such thing. uh but yeah, yeah. Shrey and i actually have a very similar origin story where we're just like zooming drinking talking about horror films we're like why don't we record this and put it on the internet and see what happens <laughs> <laughs> and here we are um Awesome. But so we're going to get to know each of you individually now. So we're going to start with Alma. Um, We started with this one with every, with this question with everyone. What is Mm -hmm. your favorite scary movie? I I go back to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is my absolute, absolute favorite. Um, Freddie, I have like this, I I just had like, like this love hate relationship with him as a kid. I don't know how he scared the shit out of me. And at the same time, I loved him, wanted to watch him. And his sense of humor uh, really got me. I loved, I don't know how. And I look back at it like, why was I watching that? And like being, I got to watch Freddie. And Freddie hosted that, um, that television show late at night. 
straight up for, and he wasn't like mm. necessarily in the show. What I remember was like he was kind of like the like a host that would mm -hmm. come out right before the commercial time and be like, "Watch out, you know, I'm coming for you." <laughs> <laughs> and just the wit, and uh, I love Nancy. She was my favorite uh, final girl, my first favorite final girl. I just loved her. I thought she was gorgeous. I loved her hair. I loved. I loved everything about it. And also because she like won, like she found a way to conquer Freddie. And so I, I loved it. I loved it. And I don't think I've ever gotten enough of, of that one, of that particular movie. I just, I just wouldn't get tired of it. I love it. That yeah. whole home alone thing that she's doing, setting up boot traps all over the place. Macaulay Culkin eats your heart out. <laughs> yes, I, I tell people that that was the inspiration for home alone. And you know, like, my kids or whatever, and they believe me. And I love saying that, you know, that was inspiration for home. Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So are, are slashers your favorite subgenre, or do you have other favorites? I would definitely say it was, it's slashers. Slashers, big time. Um, I was listening to a clubhouse today where they were talking about slashers. They brought up Hatchet series. was like mm -hmm. a complete surprise. I loved it. I love all, I love all those kills. Um, Jason, um, it's just like where the body counts are high and you really just don't just, it's just fun. It's fun. It's like, how are they going to kill him and how much blood's going to splash around? Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, so do you, other than, you know, watching Nightmare on Elm Street, do you have like a, a horror origin story for yourself? Like growing up watching it, do you have like a story that sticks oh. out in your mind? Yeah, we do. I think, I don't know if it's it's going to be the same, but if the thing is because we ha we grew up together right. and Dali and I, um, but for me, the, I always remember Return of the Living Dead being the first um, horror movie that I ever watched, being way too little, but the that zombie movies were like my, the most scared I was at. For some reason, I didn't believe in a lot of stuff. Like, um, I was like the ghost snap, but the thought that we could come back reanimated and start eating each other. That was always something that I thought was possible. I'm like, no, man, chemical agents, you know, what about the water? You know, <laughs> the face. there could be a virus. Like I always thought that that could be real. We were trying to be dead. We like, we went back to it over and over. And even though I'd be like, oh gosh, like totally scared. That one was fun. It was fun and it got better. Like as we watched it, as I got older, I got less scared and it just became something comfort movie that it's like, oh, I'll put my return to living dead, you know? So it's, it's great. Love it. Love it. I love a good zombie flick. Um, so switching over now to Dahlia, what is your favorite scary movie? Okay, the highly controversial, and I'll show you how much of a favorite movie it is of mine. Uh, the Devil's Rejects. Oh. <laughs> I love the it. Rob Zombie. I love him. I love this movie. Um, yes, it's fucked up. I will admit that. But there's something about that fucked up. Like I said, it's, oh, my gosh, you hear my dog. He just came inside. Oh, my Lord. You're going to have to wait. Anyways, <laughs> I talk to them like my children. Do you hear her? Do you hear her? We love her. We love her. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it, there's something about it that I just, 
I'm rooting for them as horrible as that sounds. And at the end, every single time I cry, I cry at the end of that movie and I know it's fucked up. There's, but there's something about it that just draws me in every time. It, it may be more because I, I really love Cherry Moon Zombie. I love her. I love her. <laughs> um, and I love their little vegan farm and how they rescue all the animals. So there's something about it. They're, they're endearing. That family is endearing to me. So, but yeah, that's my favorite favorite movie <laughs> so do you have a favorite subgenre is it slashers or is it something else ghosts i love oh. because there are not very many good ghost movies out there mm -hmm. i mean there's a lot of ghost stories out there but a good one yeah they're they're usually not that great so i'm always on the lookout for a really good ghost movie um i'm trying to think of the last really good one I've seen. I mean, there's good ones, but ones that really scare me, that's like that's like rare. I think the last time I saw one, and it ended up not really being a, a, a ghost one, it was more demon, was Paranormal Activity. I saw mm -hmm. it in the theater, and watching it in the theater, in a, in a packed theater with friends, I think really made that movie for me. I remember bringing my knees up to my chest and like, you know, I was like, oh my God, here it comes, what's going on? Um, but I think a lot of that too was that um, that experience with other people around me. So mm -hmm. something we may not be able to experience again for a very long time, but I, I really loved that, that, you know, experience with everybody. Yeah, I was gonna ask, so, like, so since you said ghosts, do, do you make a distinction between demonic possession films and ghost films are those different for you or are they the same uh they are different they are different for me um but uh but like this one it started off kind of like a ghost you know that's mm -hmm. why you know it, it started off as a ghost mm -hmm. we find you know we end up learning more that it's a demon and all that but um i mean if it's a really good demon story that kind of is like that you know where it's it's kind of portrayed as as ghost like that rather than just coming right out and not saying that there's anything wrong with night of the demons that's great too but right. if it's kind of like that then i'm i'm all i'm all in <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Do, so do you have a different origin story you want to share or is yours the same as Amos? It's that one. And it's because like <laughs> she said, we were way too young to be watching it. And because that movie um, actually imprinted on my psyche <laughs> so much throughout growing up that I swore I could hear the living dead. We lived right next to an alley like moaning down in the other end of the alley coming towards the house. And so obviously that wasn't happening, but that's how terrified I was of it, that I thought I could hear those moans coming for, and, and I'd be like, everybody would fall asleep and I'd be like, I gotta stay awake in case I have to wake everybody up. <laughs> I'm an idiot, but Awesome. Well, okay. So let all the listeners and viewers know um, where they can find your podcast on uh, podcast um, programs on social media, and then also plug your own social media if you would, wherever you want them to follow you. That Dolly usually has me do them. Um, you can uh, go to our website, nightmaremoviepodcast.com. Our Instagram is at nightmaremoviepodcast. Our Twitter is nightmareon5th. And you can email us at nightmaremoviepodcast at gmail.com. Awesome. <laughs> yes, go and give them a follow and then subscribe. I'm sure they're on all the platforms, Apple, Spotify. I don't even know. Them. Oh, There's so Dalia many. has this. We have, uh, Dalia shared something about our podcast listeners, 22%, right? Of our oh, listeners. my God. Yes. From India. Yeah, are from India. Isn't that just like... 
that's like so cool. I'm like, yeah. Whoa. So yeah, we have we have You're quite a bit. That's awesome. That was a big deal in India. <laughs> you need to go on the road, okay? Take this, take this act on the road across the pond. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Congrats! All right. Oh, oh. We... There were some kitties. I saw them. Uh, I'm worried about Louise always, so I'm watching everybody else oh. too because Louise oh. will ruin a show. She's waiting for a chance. Oh, really? It's all about oh. Louise. I have yeah. two right here, but you can't see this one because I have a, he's, oh, oh my gosh, because he's, I, I never know what, because he's a black fluffy <laughs> kitty. So yeah. he matches the throw on the bed and the light shows him pretty good right now, but the blanket is, is black and gray and I sometimes can't find him. And then he's like, great. Right <laughs> I love it. He's incognito. Right? You see eyes. Louise is a tuxedo kitty that's supposed to be a Virgo, but that's a lie. I think she's a Gemini. Um, <laughs> normally, I love Geminis, but we're button heads. <laughs> I'm sure she's all over the picture. Picture. <laughs> I've got three three cats, and um, one of them is just like a, a a terror, and I love him. I love him the most. <laughs> Biting me and scratching me all the time. I end up That's Louise's punishment when she gets on the counter. She's not supposed to get on because she doesn't uh -huh. roll across anything that we've cleaned. But I'm like, the counter mm -hmm. is sacred. So when I catch her up there, I pick her up and she looks like I've killed her. She's like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, I love you. You're pretty. She's like, no. My life is hard. <laughs> all right. Well, shall we get into some thoughts about the original Friday the 13th? Let's do it. Uh, why don't uh, Alma or Dolly, whichever one, of you, whichever one of you would like to go first with a note or a thought or a question or whatever. I had to rewatch this one um, because it's been a while since I last watched it. I, so I watched this one. I watched 2009 with Jared Padalecki. And because for some reason, I thought it was a remake of the first one. I mean, I've seen it, but I couldn't remember. Um, and then I watched part two the second one today, because I wanted to make sure I understood everything that was going on. Um, so that I just had to rewatch it, even though I, I remember a lot of it. It, it was it was good rewatching it and and um, just like uh, getting back into it. So I think tonight I'm just going to finish out a whole bunch of them <laughs> after this. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yes. They're I, wild. <laughs> I had not seen the first one since I was a kid. So I remembered Mrs. Voorhees clearly. And I remember <laughs> Kevin Bacon's death. Um, but everything else was oh, really murky. Yes. And I was like, yeah. oh, wait. <laughs> uh -huh. I always remember Kevin Bacon. Now, I watched it with my one of my kids. And um, she, she loves horror. And so she's watching it. And I'm like, yeah. And then I kind of casually brought up Kevin Bacon. And she just lost her mind. She was like, what? Where? Where <laughs> I didn't see him anywhere. And I'm like, that's him right there. And I'm amazing. like, I yeah, it's like it's completely baby face. She just wouldn't stop saying baby face Kevin Bacon. Oh my gosh, it's baby face Kevin Bacon. Oh my gosh, it's just like, look, look at the shorts. <laughs> my note literally says baby face Kevin Bacon, though. Oh my gosh. <laughs> over and over. Um, just that, that his kill scene is one of my most memorable um, kill scenes of yeah. any horror movie. It's uh, yeah, it's just, so, it's like, I, I, it just sticks with you. It was amazing looking. I hadn't seen it in a while. Watching it again, I loved it. And even it leaves like an impression even now because it's like 
what the hell? <laughs> right. Arrow? It's one of the only kills that is really gory. Like you, the only one of the, in this film that you actually see the weapon uh-huh. enter. Well, no, you see it enter. You see it exit. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say that girl took an axe to the face, and you would remember her face. <laughs> but you don't see it though; he like cuts they away, they and then you see the body. That's fair. Yeah. Uh huh. And so it's, that's the one. It's true. They it's like pushing through the skin and everything. So it was like major, like whoa, you know. I don't know how they did that. I really want to know because like Kevin Bacon is still there and moving. Like <laughs> maybe his yeah. body is like I don't know. I want to know how they did that. <laughs> Yeah, maybe like two people. It's like two people maybe. or something. I've never looked that up. Now I feel dumb for not looking it up. I'm like, why haven't I looked that up? Because no. I think about it all the time. I, I need someone with a Blu-ray to like give us the gospel. Like yes. I know someone's out there with a Blu-ray. <laughs> I have the Blu-ray and I meant to watch a special feature, but I haven't watched it yet. Um, you failed us, Trent. You failed us. I will prepared. Listeners out there, I will post about this later. Yeah, you only had five jobs today, Trent. Like, um, That's the one that was most important. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've actually made a note about how like this film, specifically in like the opening scene, and really the whole film, but that opening scene gives you a really good idea of how to make a slasher effective on a really low budget. Because like I said, you don't see a ton of actual like gore you see blood and you Mm -hmm. see the kevin bacon death but like Mm -hmm. the special effects are specifically chosen and super effective because they are not cgi and Mm -hmm. they are put where they need to be and not everywhere the only special effect that didn't work for me spoiler alert for everyone if you haven't watched this (laughs) 1978 or whatever this film came out movie uh 80 it was 1980 Uh, the only special effect that didn't work for me was the decapitation of Mrs. Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> there was, that was real bad. That was real bad. <laughs> a extra? Was it like, it was like, that's a little, it was just like, okay, we get it. <laughs> they even showed, they even the, showed they the, the bone. All right. Like, like that's yeah, supposed to, yeah, I was watching that like, okay. There's no blood. There's bone, but no blood. Like, where was the blood? Mm-hmm. Someone was like, hey. I give. Um, <laughs> but this movie had the energy of a group of friends with a camera being like, let's just make a horror movie. We can't do worse than the shit we saw last night. And that's what it feels mm-hmm. like the whole time. And like, even Betsy yeah. Palmer was like, I don't want to do this piece of shit. And then she was like, I do want a new car, though. <laughs> and that's how we have this hurt. Mrs. Use a car. <laughs> and now it's probably her most iconic role, let's be real. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just, I love that. I love that even, like, Mrs. Workies, who we all are, like, this is iconic for, was like, this is a piece of shit. And I have a car, I can renegotiate it. And they didn't expect it to be successful. Because Mm -hmm. they added, they added that lake scene at the end, after previews, because they were like, shit, we have a success, and this could have been a (laughs) sequel and make us more money. One of my notes is I think we need to own that Mrs. Voorhees being the killer is the reason this is iconic. Because mm-hmm. like, if you pick it apart, it's not like I need to watch this forever. This is one of my top five. It's a horror movie. It's a slasher. I enjoy an 80s slasher, people getting stabbed in a cabin. That was the aesthetic back then. But mm-hmm. like, if not for Mrs. Voorhees, I probably would not revisit. And we probably wouldn't have this holiday that we're celebrating. Um- <laughs> 
Yeah, and maybe that maybe that's why. I mean, this is kind of getting into my hot takes. I don't want to get too far into this, but like, maybe that's why the rest of the year, the rest of the franchise. I'm like, I really like I really like part four, but I hate part two, and I love part six, but I hate part seven. And like, they're really hit or miss for me after this first one. What mm-hmm. what salts my teens about the rest of the franchise is that we go from Mrs. Warney's being the killer to her little boy who drowned being a grown man who's a mystical creature who can never die. And I I need to rewatch the second one to see how that's explained. But I'm like, yeah. just give us yeah. more women killers. I'll follow you. I'm not here for the logic. Just give her a knife and let her go and we'll make it work sometime in the future. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, where did they make the jump from that to that? Um, I was... A- because uh, to my family, I was like, it, you know, Mrs. Voorhees, just a killer. killer. Right. I was like, rooted for the fact that she was a woman killer. I was like, why? That's awful. But at the same time, it's like, because it's like, how many women killers were there? And okay, like at points, I, I was going to piggyback on something Trent said um, earlier about Mrs. Uh, Voorhees and not wanting to do the movie and and stuff, uh, but it was like, she was seriously doing like a dramatic interpretation of Miss Borges. Like if she had a script and they're like, here, <laughs> do your own dramatic interpretation of this because it's like novella, like a uh, so- soap opera style. <laughs> she was like, I'm a classically trained actress. I will not be fussing with whatever you all are doing in the woods. <laughs> cough, cough. Um- <laughs> now she is Mrs. Borges. Like- that's who she is. So to answer the question really quick from the listener, I need to rewatch Jason Goes to Hell. I only watch, re- recently rewatched the first eight, which ends with Jason Takes Manhattan, which was a choice. Um, <laughs> so I need to go back and rewatch Jason Goes to Hell. So to answer your question, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> Jason X, though, was a lot of fun. I just watched that one for the first time. That's the one we in space, right? Is that yeah. the one we in space? I watched yeah. it the first time with Jazz from Girl That's Scary on Clubhouse because we were it's looking for something. It's a wild ride. <laughs> it was a lot. Um, <laughs> All the like alien feeling and the references. It was uh, like like they're like little Easter eggs in the whole thing. I thought it, I thought it was fun, but it's like an addict, like an addiction. You have to like. Like the Pokemon, you gotta grab them all. <laughs> it's a Jason movie. Uh, I I gotta watch it, you know. And right. um, Freddy versus Jason. I remember I went to the theater, and I was like, I had to go see it. And they were like, I couldn't find anybody. And I heard a neighbor talking about. It. I didn't even know her. And I I was like, you you're interested in that? I want to go too because I don't want to go by myself. <laughs> and we had a great time. But I, I just had to watch them all. It's just something right. like. Even if you know it's gonna be bad or even whatever, it's still fun, you know. I think most of them ended up being pretty fun. <laughs> right. No, Jason X, yeah, I agree. I would love to see the Muppets do Jason X. <laughs> um, the two scenes I remember from Jason X is the scene where he like freezes her face in like that liquid and then busts it open. And the scene where they redo this the um, tent scene where he has the two women in the tent and he's just like slinging them around the tree. <laughs> 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 that was the only two things I remember from that movie. <laughs> um, but I agree, Mrs. Voorhees is better than Jason. Hot take, maybe. <laughs> she is the reason for the season. 
Um, she literally one of the few things I remembered about this movie was Mrs. Voorhees, and I think it's what everybody remembers, which is why they're like, it's great, it's iconic. And what they're really getting at is we need more femme slashers, but I want to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I actually am I'm uh working on on something. <laughs> so oh. I love doing that to Alma. I love doing that to her. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna join Trent and Sheree on. Would you uh, stop Bible. telling people that? Would you stop? Tell me. <laughs> oh no! Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> Appreciate when she does all the like behind the scenes work first before I don't want to stress her out. Stuff. I don't want to stress her out. So <laughs> I like take care of things. Really yeah, and then, I'm like, yeah, I can handle like one thing a day. That's it. It's like, I'm just like, Whoa. every every podcast has their system. <laughs> I want to be a lady of leisure. <laughs> That's my new system. That's my dream. <laughs> so, one of my thoughts about this film, because I'm curious to hear what you guys think. One of my favorite movies, and Sheree, you already know this, and if you, the other two probably know this as well. But my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies of all time, is Scream. And you can really see where the Wes Craven could have taken watching Friday the 13th and the scenes with Alice from the beginning. Because I don't know about you, but the first time I watched this, I expected Alice to be the protagonist. Because you've already seen the first two kids get killed. And then you, get, then you meet this girl wandering in the woods and you're like, oh, this has got to be the one I'm following now, right? Nope. She's dead within the first like 10 minutes. I didn't even make it camp. Um, You're just so doing I, hot takes early tonight. Continue. <laughs> That's not my hot take. That feels like a hot take. Continue though. Oh. But I, but no, I could see where that was like kind of evolved into the Drew Barrymore scene from Scream. Um, granted, the, it's a different set of dynamics because you don't have Drew Barrymore in <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth. No shade to the girl that played Alice, but like, um, so yeah, I just thought that was a really interesting kind of thing that I know that I noticed that this film did year, 20 years before or 15 years before Scream was a thing. I felt more like Alice was there for exposition because she introduced herself to the town to be like, oh, you mean Camp Blood. Uh, <laughs> she was just kind of there to get that backstory that might have been missed. Like if somebody said they added mm -hmm. her parts in after they filmed and we're like, oh, we had questions. That would make sense to me. Because also everybody else showed up in like a group and she was left to hitchhike and that feels weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I never got like she was like the setup for a fake final girl at all. I was like, she's she's about to catch a knife at some point anytime soon. Um, even oh, yeah, as a kid, I was like, when does she die? She first? She's first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was weird that the other like cause you had Alice and the main dude, the like owner dude, and then like two other people that seemed like one group, and then you had the Kevin uh -huh. Bacon group, and then you had the little Alice that was kind of like, hey guys. <laughs> I'm trying to get there. Hopefully I'll get there at some point. <laughs> I thought it was uh, funny the way that she was hitchhiking there. I'm like, how did she even get that job? Like on an application, it's always like, do you have reliable transportation? Uh, did she check like, yes, I'm hitching, you know? <laughs> like, She's a liar. I get no job with like. Well, I actually, I, I liked that for her character because at that time, that's what people did. They were hitchhiking all the time and they were going across the country doing, you know, these odd jobs here and there. So that for me, 
Um, it very well could have been like like Sheree said for exposition. We need to develop this, you know, what's going on. But also for me, it rang true because um, if just doing any kind of like uh, reading or just going back to that, you know, 70s, early 80s. People, that's how people, you know, did jobs. And, and you're right, Alma, how did they hear about these jobs? I don't know. I don't fucking know. But they heard about them because they would, the they would literally, and they would literally like move, like, you know, from California, go across to the East Coast and do jobs along the way. So for me, that's the reason it rang true that, you know, okay, she's coming from somewhere else. She's probably hopping around doing jobs, like, you know, here and there. And that was her character. And I loved her character. She's adorable as fuck. And um, it sucks when she dies because she was really sweet and everything. But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, maybe she was she there for that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I like like Trent said. I didn't expect her to die. I didn't mm -hmm. expect her to die because I, everybody, when you, especially with the older ones and the tropes, you got to look for what did they do wrong. Hitching wasn't doing something wrong during that time. So what did she do wrong? Talking to strangers wasn't a bad thing back then everybody talked to strangers that's how you you got from here there so i was just like how dare they how dare right. they kill her and, off and i'm gonna vote for alice as the best chase scene from this film oh. specifically that's just this film <laughs> there, really, there really wasn't wasn't another chase scene unless you count um what's her face at the end but that's just like yes. let me get to this room no, I gotta get no. this. bobby torres put it best on twitter today where he was like she she gave Mrs. Worthy's the business each stop because each cabin she kicked Mrs. Worthy's ass and Mrs. Worthy's far to the next one and then they fight again and so like that's a that's a fight I appreciate um that's a fight I can put in some money on because she yeah. was like you know what I'm not gonna do tonight it's die she, she has the best fight but I still say Alice has the best run because, because or chase because she that chase, the chase that chase falling had, over and over. I don't like it. Um, part of the reason I wanted Alice to go ahead and get stabbed real quick is because she kept doing that I'm falling thing, but she's never run before. I hate in 80s, specifically 80s horror movies, they're just like, I've never used my legs before now that I'm being chased. And so they're just like falling and they're so weak and they're getting stabbed. And I'm like, get up, get up. Um, whereas our girl at the end was like, I'm a run and I'm gonna do dumb things, but we're gonna fight about it if you find me. And so that chase had teeth. That chase yeah. was like, this is getting spicy. Is Mrs. Worthy's concussed? What? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And I have a question for y'all about that, because I had a thought during that chase scene uh, as well. In the, like, boat harbor, when she, like, goes for the gun, I was like, I don't know that I, like, in my mind, I was trying to put myself in her shoes. I was like, I would have tried to look for something like an axe or a machete. I wouldn't go for the gun. Would you guys go for the gun? But I think uh, okay. like uh, uh, an object, yeah. And did she even did she get it loaded? That was the one thing that I no. misunderstood. She, okay, she couldn't she find the bullet. But you could still have used the the gun as a weapon. You know, mm -hmm. I'm like exactly mm -hmm. like this. But I would have gone for a hard object to defend myself. Mrs. Voorhees didn't have a gun, so it right. was like, so you get a bigger, heavier, more blunt object, and you could beat someone off. You know, yeah. I I would. That's the first thing I think of. You know, okay. I always had a back. Well, if I know. see a gun, I'm I'm probably gonna go for the gun because close combat is is scary as fuck, and that means you mm -hmm. have to be up close before you can actually. So if I can get a gun and get myself away from the person, 
then I want to have that Good distance point. between me and my attacker. So that's what I'm thinking. If I saw a gun, I would grab the gun. I'd grab something, go back, you know, create some space and try to use the gun if I could. And if not, then I already have the other thing ready. But that's how, that's how, and also when you look at a gun and you look at, I don't know, a bat, um, it, between those two, I know the gun's going to do something if I can actually get the shot off. And the bat, maybe, maybe not. So. Yeah. No, I, but if she couldn't get it loaded and didn't know how to use it, then... Yeah, I've never you know. shot a gun in my life. So, like, I, I'd probably shoot myself on accident. <laughs> I'm anti-gun, but if a woman in a very cozy sweater is coming after me and I stab my friends, I'll figure it out. Hi, yeah. Jamie. Break legs in your reading. Jamie's going to be playing Alice on Friday the 13th on Clubhouse in, like, 20 minutes. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't hitchhike. <laughs> <laughs> Make good choices, just rewrite it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm going back to the hitchhiking thing. I do agree, now that I think about it, because yeah, the late 70s, early 80s, that's when you hear about all the serial killers going around and like murdering mm -hmm. hitchhikers everywhere. And that's before everyone, like, because shit, it took us 50 years to learn to lock our doors, much less not hitchhike. <laughs> listen, listen, I, I don't know what the 70s were other than people making interesting choices that's true. Thank you. <laughs> Look it out for me. <laughs> just shoot no. myself. Whoops. <laughs> I I just, while we're talking about decades past, uh, another note that I had to clock was that the 80s horror movies were all about kids going to camp just to have sex. And I was very confused by that as a child. I'm like, could you not do that without the trees? Could you not do that in someone's home? Because <laughs> there is like a, there is a giant chunk of 80s horror or it's like they're out in the woods, they're getting naked and they're getting stabbed. And I'm like, I don't understand this. Like, is there no I, city? I, I mean, I think that the whole idea is that you're away from your parents. You're not, you, there's nothing, there's no way you don't have to report to anybody at the end of the day. You can sneak out of your cabin. I mean, I can't tell you how many times when I was in high, middle school and junior high and even high school, less or, less or so in high school. So yeah, the older they get, the more confused I get about that. But I can't tell you how many times I was, I've heard like, oh, at, my, at Bible camp, so and so and so and so, they was out in the lake. <laughs> that is that is the rest of this note because up top we're like back when Jason was there, so twenty years before the eighties, so like fifty eight, I think. And they're singing like their weird Jesus camp songs, and this couple's like wandering off. We're like, what about the Jesus song put you in the mood? Like, do you not? What That's is weird? What is, I mean. It's the Bible always camp. in the mood. Right. Yeah, it was those Bible camp kids, the ones that were always, because they're the ones that were really repressed and had to, you know, they had to wait for Bible camp to get that all out. <laughs> right. One of those Kumbaya chords just does it for this couple. And they're like, we have to go upstairs right now. Let's go, right? And I love that the other couples were like, we're just going to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> like, it wasn't obvious what's happening. They're like, we're here for this weird music. And I was like, have you ever talked to teenagers, writers? Because, like, <laughs> Most of the teenagers I have met in my lifetime were never just like, let's listen to this chill Jesus rock song real quick at camp. That's not what they got together for. They got together for chaos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <so> <laughs> it's much more Slumber Party Massacre than <laughs> as far as I'm aware. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about y'all, but I kind of want to play strip, strip Monopoly now. That's I'm too cute. long. I'm, I hate Monopoly. I hate Monopoly. That's like it takes too long. It's just Monopoly. too long. So much risk, but people still play that. <laughs> I'm yeah. like the, the party pooper who doesn't want to play Monopoly 
but I do like to play it. It's just that I suck really bad at it, you know? <laughs> and then it's not fun if you're like the one who gets, who loses first every time. You she's know? a sore loser. Well, she's yeah. a big time but sore I'm loser. Not a sore loser. It's just, what? I don't understand. Look at her. Look at her. <laughs> They always call me the sore loser. It's like, it's not bad. It's that, how did I lose all the time? And they pick on me. They pick on me. <laughs> the reverse uh, but, but, Uno card on me all the time. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like including the strip part of that, A, it makes losing not necessarily a bad thing. And it makes it go quicker because you only have so many clothes you can pay for rent. <laughs> what are you going to take? I I watched this the first time this week because um, I watched it a few times. I watched it the first time this week with Jamie. And when the Monopoly board came out, we were like, is there not a shorter game they could have stripped to? Like, was there no Uno? Was there no Dominoes? Was there no Checkers? Yeah. They're like, this five-hour epic game is going to be sexy in two days when we're done and we're finally all naked. And I was like, really? That dude was naked by the, by the end of that scene. I was like, he's, he's naked, a bad he investor. He he's lost. a bad investor. He <laughs> <lost. laughs> he's a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> then the door blew up, but it was a whole thing. But I was like, okay, I've never heard of strip, uh, strip Jenga. That could work. That gets it done fast. Well, but body parts will accidentally knock something over with that one. <laughs> True. They ran their they youth. Be They'll be fine. Gravity's not found them yet. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> But anybody out there, if you ever want to play some strip Monopoly, just let me know. <laughs> hit me, hit up my you DM. Have two days, if you have two days to finish the game as well. <laughs> you need to like set this aside. You I need to like, play strip Monopoly. You have to be like, on March 14th, the year 2025, Strip is Monopoly. Naked and, and, and has no more money. Like, I, yeah. like at that point, I'm bankrupt. I'm done. I can't buy anything else. It feels like those couples who have to schedule sex. That's what it feels like it's for. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we do this on Thursdays, Bill. <laughs> I wonder if Monopoly like, paid them like sponsorship fee. Like, a, what is it called? Product placement. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even well, think of that. Yeah. And also Budweiser. Wasn't it Budweiser they were drinking? Mm, and I yeah. was like, oh, that bottle Old was cool. Budweiser, too, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that because with uh, ET they wanted M and M's, but they couldn't get M and M's. So Reese yeah. said yes, and now Reese is iconic for being on ET. So. And they're like the best too. I love <laughs> Reese's Reese's. Much better. Yeah. My last name doesn't help, but you know, my last name is R E E S E. So I've had yeah. the joke made all the time. <laughs> do do y'all have notes? Because I'm almost done with mine, Dahlia. You know? <laughs> One, I wanted to bring up uh, Ned because I thought he was just um, okay. Because I'm watching this, and I, I mentioned that I watched it with a ki my kiddo, and she was like, "So, what is it? Is it like really cool thing to like touch women all the time when you don't have permission? And why does he get to say, oh, it's a prank'? And he shoots that arrow past what's her face um, out on the archery thing, almost kills her. It's like, what the hell, dude?" And then she's just like two seconds later, oh, that's just him. He's a jokester. I hate that character. He was like the first one I wanted to die. Even as a kid, it's like, um, what, what is up with the jokester who plays pranks and pretending to drown and, and shit? And who wears Native American headdresses. And oh my gosh, yeah. That moment of racism. And yeah, it was there for no reason. It was, it was there for no reason. Embarrassing. I was so embarrassed yeah. for him. I was like, what the? 
what the? <laughs> nowhere. I don't, he literally packed this just to do that. And I was like, you are going to camp for however yeah. many weeks you're going to be alive. And you need to like consolidate what you think you need. And you're like, let me put in this headdress so I can like do this prank. And it's not even a prank. It's just him being offensive. And then the cop played yeah. along. And he has two because yeah. he has the, the full one. And then when he shoots the, the arrow, he's got the one the one feather. He needed a racist oh costume change. And I this mean, was just what we did in the 80s. Yeah. The, and the chanting thing or whatever that is that he's doing, it was just like, it, it's too much. It's also because it, it's also random. So it's like maybe the, the character is supposed to be like that, 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 oh, he's so random. It's funny. Ha ha. Let's make fun of things. And oh, he like touched the one woman under the water, and I was like, yeah. he's like the the child who I mean, the man who grew up and made more children that say, oh, it's a prank. Oh, get over it. And oh, boys, I, I was boys, just boys. Oh, hug, please. You know, I'm like, ooh, it was so skeezy, and I and I just no like for that. I was just like, yeah. I was rooting him. Number one killed. If Mrs. Voorhees had let him live, he would own a company right now. Yeah, yeah and, and about his death, because we don't, that's another one. We don't see him actually die. We mm -hmm. see him mm -hmm. go into the cabin after, which I don't know why. I've never noticed this before. But right before, so he sees someone go in, and you can see her face. I was like, how did I not, how, where have I been? I didn't notice. Mm -hmm. If you go back, freeze frame it, and you, and you just, it's just little bitties like this much of her face as she turns mm -hmm. in. And you can tell the back of the thing is like a woman's shirt because it's like, uh, pleated and like got the big uh, shoulder. Oh uh, yeah, shoulder pads, right? Oh, You're I didn't right. think of that because I do remember seeing the the shoulder pads, like because I was like, uh, it was like I'm so shocked when it's Mrs. Morgan, little glimpses. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. was a, it was a complete surprise to to my daughter to watching it. She was just like, so she's the she's the killer. I when did that happen? Like she felt like she missed something, and I'm like, no, because. <laughs> She just presented herself like when she comes out. But I do still feel that when she came out of that Jeep and came up, I still get that same feeling because mm -hmm. until she starts like going on and then talking and everything and being very dramatic, um, her, she's still creepy. Her like, performance I, deserved awards. Yeah. Like, honestly. She's creepy and she has up in a vehicle of a person we know is dead. I My, questions yes. is, my question is how is Mrs. Voorhees going back and forth? this much in this 24-hour time span because she's like, oh, I should kill somebody in the woods now. Oh, I should kill somebody in the cabins now. And I'm like, madam, what was your original ride before you went and got his truck to come back here? Because <laughs> was it a, what was it? Was it like well, a, a flying her, carpet? Like, was it she a she flying saucer? She picks what's her face up with. So she has a vehicle that she uses. And she is making good time because <laughs> like, what's her face? <laughs> I'm gonna get part way. And like this guy was like camped out having coffee because it's too far to drive. And Mrs. Voorhees is like, I'm not afraid of the rain. I have a plan tonight. I gotta get it done. Was she hey. a stage manager? Because she was back and forth like nobody's business. <laughs> That's one of the, the the favorite things I think that like this began the whole. Um, remember when uh, she okay when she threw the body through the window? Oh my god, <laughs> I love that. I thought it was like, can you imagine me? scared and hiding and you're like oh you know and then somebody throws a dead body through the window it's like she's she's got this herculean strength and she's tossing bodies and then she's hanging that one dude and then she like she she not only killed the dude who was fixing the generator 
she hung him on the door and stabbed arrows through him to hold him onto the door. So you, since they they didn't have like the, the effects, the budget to like show them getting killed, I like what they did. They were like, let's make them props. Sorry, Trent, what were you saying? <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, you know, you know where she's getting this from. She's been watching those Jane Fonda exercise videos and she is getting it. <laughs> Her upper body strength is amazing for an older woman. Like, because like her her kid was 20 years ago. And so, and he was not a baby. He was like a teen. So this woman has to be like in her 50s, at least. Yeah. And that's if we're not yeah. trying to do real math. Yeah, she's gotta be in her 50s. Yeah. 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 Especially those shoulder Maybe pads and sweater, 40s, but... which is my aesthetic, yeah, but been, like, like <laughs> Yeah, it's been 22 years since her. Uh, son died or since the other person was killed. So um, since she killed those two camp counselors. And mm -hmm. I love that she went on hiatus for 22 years. That's also cool. <laughs> I'd like to, to mention break that. <laughs> well, there was nobody <laughs> to kill. There was nobody she to said, kill there. She said, well, I'm not going to come for you until you call for me. And they opened that camp back up and she said, okay, you call for me. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> like she thought that was her farewell tour and then they like tried her. <laughs> she was like, I'm still salty about my son. So I'll <laughs> He's seeing you soon. She should have been um, rusty, though. She should have been rusty, but I think she was using that time to get You know, squatting, lifting, yes. you know, getting physical, With and the then thinking of all the great ways to, like, okay, so I'm not just going to kill him. I'm going to hang him on the door. <laughs> well, yeah. we, didn't, I'm gonna, we didn't see those guns under the sweater. She could have been working out that whole time, and under yeah. that sweater she was hiding in. Those weren't shoulder yeah. pads, man. No, no, the muscle. Muscle. She takes her sweater <laughs> off, it's like... Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> this is where he's jacked. Like she's just been like <laughs> working out for 22 years. Just like any day now, any day, crunch, crunch, <laughs> squat, squat. <laughs> so as far as, so as far as Mrs. Voorhees, I've always had a love hate relationship with this story because um, I love it. I love the twist. I love that she's like this badass because I'm always, you know, I, I cheer for the bad guy a lot. So, um, and, but the, the whole mental health aspect behind it. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, I did, I, I'm going to say beforehand, I do love this movie. However, I, mm -hmm. I have my, my, uh, moments where it's like, okay, you know, every time there, especially during this era of, of horror movies, we still do it today too. It's, it's, that's the, that's the twist. That's the trope that it's the mental uh -huh. health somehow comes into play to cause them. And I, I don't know, like, I, I think this movie did it well. I hate to say that because it still bothers me, but I think it did it well, probably because it was in the beginning of doing this, I think as, like this for slasher uh -huh. films. But um, it, it, I, I feel it's lazy to to do to have that mental health side of it, whether it's you know PTSD or the split personality or that type of thing. Mm -hmm. I, I personally think it's lazy writing. It's it's lazy. You can you can find something else. But like again, having said that, I do think that they did this well because I could step back a little bit and I could say, okay. Here, here's Dahlia pretending that it's not, that's not what's going on. Um, she's comforting herself. You know, she's not really crazy. She's comforting herself. She wants to be close to her son. She wants to, you know, her son's passed away, you know, and she wants to find a purpose. She's trying to find a purpose to keep going because um, 
I, I won't even think about what if it was like what it was like if I if I lost my children. You know, unfortunately, it's something as a parent I do think about, and my I I don't know how people do it, how people can keep going on. I have friends that have lost children, and I think they're the most amazingly strong people in the world to keep going. And so, it, as far as the character, the fact that she's still going, it's it was her only child. She's looking for something to keep living for. In my and this is how I the my narrative. Yeah. She's looking yeah. for something to keep going, and so she is doing this for her son and um so she has formed a persona that where she can keep talking to him and keep doing things for him and he can keep talking to her so that's how i tell myself to try to get past that whole hurdle of like again with the mental health thing yeah. <laughs> i'm glad you brought it up because it is lazy and it still happens today like i was watching something very current a few weeks ago and this is what they did. And I was like, why? Why can't we just have a mother be really fucking upset that her son was handled badly mm -hmm. and died because of mismanagement and people not doing their jobs? That's more mm -hmm. interesting than you trying to tie it back in and make it a mental illness thing when you've not researched it, you've not talked to any therapists, you, mm -hmm. you haven't really studied the ID, you're just using it as this thing that's spicy. And like, I need people to stop being spicy when it comes to mental health and other things because they're like, we'll just do that and it's haphazard. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So many of the movies that I have actually shot on, because I try not to shit on movies on this podcast, even though some of them get to me a lot, but like, mm -hmm. that's not what we're here for. We're here to critique it. And so I'm very much like, let it be if it's not offensive. But some of them are just like, let us throw in all of this spice at the end and it'll make this movie memorable. And it's like, yeah. how about you it's write a script that's worth being memorable? How about you just do that? Especially when it, they throw it, they throw it in at the end, like in My Bloody Valentine, they're like, oh, you, did you know that he was in a mental health care facility for, and that that was it. That was his background. Like that was the reason why. And it was just like, they could have just not put that in there. Yeah. You, you know, it was like, they could have skipped it and it's still been fine. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every horror movie that used someone in an asylum as the person who did it, and that was the backstory that they were in an asylum, yeah, I would be able like to sponsor both of our podcasts. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it's so fucking lazy and it's so fucking done to death on top of being lazy. And nobody's like, should we stop? Should we try harder? They're like, no, he's in yeah. an asylum. It's spicy. I think, um, <laughs> I think for me, what makes this film one that does it a, a better than most is that is Betsy Palmer's performance because she's not she's not really playing crazy. You know what I mean? She's playing I have a mission. My mission is to revenge the death of my son and by doing that I am keeping safe other children who could befall the same fate that he that befell him. So mm -hmm. that to me is why and I but I get yeah, it's still No, you're story. right. You're right. That's why it makes that's why it works for me. That's why it's not for me like a trash movie that I don't I will not watch again. It's because you believe it. She, it's, mm -hmm. it came from somewhere. It's continuing on. And yeah. And, and like you said, it's, it's, she has, she has a mission. And so that's why, like I said, it's still there, but it's more believable that this could be going on. And I can kind of separate a little bit from that. And I still enjoy this movie very much. The music. Oh my God. The music in this movie, oh, that yeah. ending, that ending song when she's out on the lake, I still, to this day, every time oh, I'm on a lake that. somewhere, oh, I love this so that much. That jump scare is so effective too. Because <laughs> yeah. you think everything's mm -hmm. over. I mean, granted, especially if you knew, if you didn't know that sequels were coming out, you know, if I was watching this in the theater when it came out, 
you think everything's over, she's safe, she's relaxed, and then and in the score, it's just this very beautiful, and then beep, 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 and it's it's yes. like oh my God. <laughs> and it's it this movie's the reason why I always look at the ending for how are they gonna continue? It's because of this ending. It's like, oh, what are they gonna what are they gonna do? I'm waiting for the extra little chunk at the end where it's like, no, they're not dead. Right, um, which makes no, it so interesting good. because this was not in the original script. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, they did not think they didn't know how successful this film was going to be. And then after some test runs, they were like, "Oh, we could have something here. How do we continue this? Mm-hmm. What if Jason wasn't dead, or there was a boy in a lake?" And then that's how they added. They tacked that on at the end. Mm-hmm. I think um, I have one one final note on. On Miss Voorhees, because I think that we could just do like a whole "We Love um, Mrs. Voorhees" episode. Um, I I found a lot of it, I, I, a lot of inspiration for her for her character. I, I felt like Psycho. I kept thinking of the movie Psycho, and I thought that shock all moment when it's like it's not him, it's it, it's not the mom there. It's been him the whole time. On this one, it like completely turned it. And then it was even more, um, at first I was thinking maybe it's two people or something like that watching it when you're young. It's like, is it two people? I'm, I, I'm like confused like who it is, but that shock and awe came to me the same way that the Psycho um, movie did with that, oh man, it's, it's just him in there. And um, seeing that it's just, it was just her. I'm, I was even still waiting for, is, is he there? Like, cause, I still felt like she she was the the whole time like he was alive with her, and it was really strange to get to the end of the movie and be like, no, he isn't. You know, I thought maybe he was like the super the supernatural come back to life. I was expecting that to show up, so you know, so it was kind of easy to put that and start doing it with uh, sequels or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I got another point. You go. I, I, have another I, don't, point. I don't. So you go. Oh, I was just going to, um, apparently, if I don't spell it out, someone on our Twitter doesn't understand that I have issues. I just want to spell this out very quickly while we're recording that I do very much have an issue with this movie's lack of representation. It is an aggressively white hetero movie and mm-hmm. those should have never been a thing and they're still a thing. And so I need to make sure I mention that every episode so we don't have to have that conversation on Twitter every week. Thank you uh-huh. for reading. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Seconded. Listen. All in favor. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I just, around, around my house, I just sit and like, I'm, I know I'm mostly talking to myself, but you know, I'm glad that there's other people around to hear me repeatedly say the things. That, <laughs> yes, yeah. we know. We know you don't like that, but I like saying it because I, I want everybody to understand. But with this one, look, my child watched this and she was like, why are all the women exactly the same? They were. And I'm like, and I'm like, that's, that, that, yeah. that's what started it. Like, did, <laughs> they all did, talk like this because they're afraid to use their real voices and nobody has a bra when you go to camp. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Bacon's girlfriend even have a personality? Like the only thing I got from her was with Kevin Bacon, and then the other Mm -hmm. girl. Well, I don't know. I don't remember how she died. Oh no, she was in the bath. The other girl that died in the bathroom. I don't remember. 
Because there was a girl that went to go pee and Kevin Bacon's girlfriend, were, and they looked like the same. I don't know. They, <laughs> I was like, these are the same girl, I think. That was mm -hmm. the same one. Yeah, no, she was axe face. Mm -hmm. And that's the lazy writing there, too, because the, the women characters didn't have any, any personality except for maybe the one that they're going to let live at the end. They want to give a little backstory. Oh, I'm an artist. I draw. Kind of boring. She's yeah, a they, boring. They, yeah, and it was like they added that little bit where she's an artist, but they didn't, uh, you know, expand on that at all. It was pointless. But all of them, that was really lazy writing back in the day. All of the women, they they cast them just like what they look like, and then oh oh, they're doing that the whole time, and it's yeah. just right. like no personality. Yeah, but that's no the writing. None, none of these women were a Sydney Prescott or a um, um, any, anyone from like anything 85 on, or Lori Strode or none of them. That's why you let's, don't remember this girl's names. Like, let's not say anything from 85 on because we still got a bunch That's of true. That's true. dudes right women, which is why I lose my voice yelling. That's true. Mike, I just, I, I, I'm thinking of the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest hits. Because um, yeah. Yeah. there's still a lot of women who've never run before in these movies. Um, That's true. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what are feet? Oh, no. I'm like, were you a mermaid until he came for you? That's oh, a mermaid. mermaid. That's what? literally what I was thinking right now as you said that. Yeah. I, I wish like, I was oh, a mermaid. No. I'm, like, I'm then really it makes sense. Hard. Like, if he's hunting people in an aquarium, then I'm like, okay. <laughs> You may fall. You can fall. I'll allow this. But like, no. <laughs> like, she's walked cross country with all of her belongings in her back. And the second she jumps out of this car, she's like, oh, no. I don't know how to stay upright. I didn't <laughs> even think of that. Maybe she needed the backpack on to keep her steady. <laughs> keep her let's, let's think about this for a minute. Can you imagine how terrifying? Because, again, remember, it's the 80s. We think every, especially as a white person, we think everything is safe. We can do anything we want to do and go anywhere we want to go. And we get into a, 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 as a, as a female, we get into a car with Mrs. Voorhees, who is an older woman. And then she turns on that. Terrifying. Like, cause you think you're so safe cause you're with an older warm woman and she's the one that's going to kill you. I don't trust older women. My grandmother was a character and not for good reasons. So I suspect them first. I'm like, you're over 60. What did you do? And I watched them. I would never gotten in her car. I would have been oh, like, oh, yeah. I, mm -hmm. I'm not okay with profiling. But if it's an older woman, I don't trust her. What? <laughs> I, I profile everyone because I trust no one. So, um, that's but, not a good thing. You <laughs> get a sequel. <laughs> looking at it from Trent's point of view, what he said, you know, that time as a white woman who thinks that everything is safe, and you see this other white older woman, yeah, you would probably feel very comforted. You see her, her sweater. There's something about that sweater too. I mean, I think that was very intentional. Yeah, you know, and um, so yeah, I would feel very safe getting into the vehicle with her and be like, okay. I'm good now. Uh, even my oldest is, is always talking about how, oh, I love older white women. And I just think that's so hilarious. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. They make me feel very, like, you know, she always thinks just of them as like a grandma years. or something. It's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so I can see coming from that, from her uh, place that, yeah, that was very comforting. That felt very safe. But uh, yeah, me, no, I don't right, trust anybody. She was even like perfectly fine getting in that car with a middle-aged white man. That's like that's when I would be uh -huh. like, "You need to stay there. The I will car. stay over here." I would not be a good hitchhiker. I would not be a good hitchhiker. I can't talk to strangers. 
<laughs> Stranger Neither. Danger worked on me, and you know what? <laughs> and you're still alive. I am. Girl. I get a sequel. Um, <laughs> 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 any more points <laughs> that we didn't get to? Before we get to hot take, real quick. Uh, can I answer mm -hmm. this question about the um, movies uh, oh, yeah. as a parent? Yeah. So. Um, for the most part, I have a I have a hard time. I'll still watch them, but I have a hard time where a child, you know, for obvious reasons, you know, dies in, in a movie. It's um, I think anybody does, obviously. But I am one of those people that relates a little too much to people in the in the movies. It doesn't matter what it is going on. I'm going to find a way to relate to them. Like I said, that's why even with with the Devil's Rejects. Yeah, it's messed up. But I find a way to like be there somehow. But no, um, I think the most recent ones have been like um, the orphanage just broke my fucking heart. Oh, so good. It broke my heart. It was such a good movie, though, that I would watch it again because it's so well told. But that movie just tore me apart. Um, Coco di Coco da. I liked that that portion of, of what happened in that movie happened in the beginning and then continued on to the fucked up part of that story because um, it, I mean, it's part of the story. The, the little girl dies in, in the beginning of the movie. And that, I I was ready to break down, but they went on to the next act so that we can keep going on with the movie that I was able to go on with it a little bit more. But it's it's when they do it so uh, intimately and 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 um, like that, it's just like, it, it's, it's really hard, but uh, I like it when they can do it as a really good story rather than just a cheap, you know, kill. You know, I think they do it. I, those two movies, I think, did it really well. I mean, there's others, but off the top of my head, those two. How do you feel about um, Pet Cemetery? Well, that's uh, that's hokey enough for me that I'm good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wasn't well, afraid. Uh, oh, no. That, I, that is really rough for me. Um, kind of like is. City of God, too, because of those that, that, that element with the... Um, kids having to, they really do have to live like that, grow up like that. And, and um, especially when I can see my own face in the crowd, you know, it, there's something, uh, you know, about that as well. So it, it's, it's, but again, those stories are so good, you know, that I, I can, I can watch them and I can, you know, but yeah, that's, uh, those are such good movies. <laughs> Dali sees, sees every kid in the movies as a baby and she will call them a baby. They are all babies. They're all babies. She's like, oh, the little angel. Oh, the little angel baby. And I'm like, stop calling every <laughs> because then it makes it sad. And I'm trying what? to like separate myself from the character. What I love about this conversation is Sheree is the exact opposite. Yeah, I don't do kids. <laughs> That's the scariest part of any movie is the kids. Like Children of the Corn, we've not touched it because it's too many children and they're in the corn. <laughs> I don't need those nightmares. Um, <laughs> Um, are there any other points before we get to hot takes? Uh, I'm good. Like, my only other loose thought, my stray thought, is I like when Kevin Bacon does genre, but my favorite one, which I've not since I was a child, so disclaimers all over this, because it probably did not age well, um, is Stir of Echoes. I liked it more than His Invisible Man, and it was a better time than this as a child. But again, I've not seen it since I was a kid, so I don't want people to be like, these problems because I was like eight. So when I get yeah. there, I will find those problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I haven't I seen that, that one in a while. 
I love it. I watched I it. I don't think I've ever seen it. <gasps> Trent, oh. I might have it. Serve Echo's party. Serve Echo's party. We're gonna do that. <laughs> Which is a question that is not on this document that should be. Um, we ask all of our guests who do a live with us, what is a movie you would like to cover with us when we have you back for an episode that's not live and stressful? Oh, um, um, ooh, that's not live. That's okay. A, that's a hard one. Do people just sit here like for a really long time and think without <laughs> saying a word? Because that's hard. Well, why don't so, we okay. we'll come back to that after we do Let's do hot takes and then we'll come back. Give you time to like go through the, the index. So, um, Anyone want to go first with their hot take? You're looking for this movie or any hot take? <laughs> this movie, for this one, but now I want to know. <laughs> it could, it, it, this one, and it could include others if you needed it to, if you wanted to. Well, open it up for the franchise. Yeah. Uh, well, I think I kind of already said, talked about this a little bit, but, um, oh, I'm hearing myself again. Uh, I think that uh, sex scenes are lazy as hell and lazy writing. And I, um, <laughs> I'm i no prude. Alma knows that. I mean, I've got, I mean, but I just, I think they're really, really fucking lazy. And it, and I, anytime I see it, it's like, I, I see one in a movie and the slashers are known for it, you know, um, mm -hmm. nudes and all that. And it's like, I, I honestly sometimes just want to turn it off and like not give it a second you know, watch because I, like I said, I just think it's lazy. There's, there's uh there, there could be that character development can happen another way. I've seen movies where they're trying to portray like, uh, you know, even if it's promiscuity, they do it differently. You know, they don't have to show the people all, you know, on top of each other and naked and all that. And again, I'm not a prude. It's just, it's, it's annoying. It's like, could you not find another way to develop this character or this develop this scene? So that's mine. I mean, I know it's it's part of the the slasher genre. It's 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 a, a makeup of it and everything. I rewatched um, the Friday the Thirteenth, the two thousand nine one with Jared Padalecki, and that oh, one was wow. just like it was all tits. I'm wow. like, that has my least seriously? favorite line of a sex scene ever. That's the way he talks. To her boobs, not even her. When he talks to her boobs, mm. I was so uncomfortable. When he That's said you have, movie. when he said you have perfect nipple placement, I was like, oh, done. oh my gosh, yes. how did I forget that? Yeah, he told oh her they gosh. were delectable oh. or delicious or something, and I was like, oh, oh, I had to pause and make another drink. I was like, I was not ready for this. <laughs> oh. But yeah, that's that's mine because, like I said, I mean, I just like I. Just think it's lazy, you know. Find another way to develop that that character or whatever's going on, because, um, like I said, I've seen it done. I've seen it done, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Alma, what about you? Well, I think I think I touched upon it earlier with a with a with a Ned, um, because the character is in so many movies. It's like. The, the 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 prankster the joker um but that everybody has to take it lightly all the time and that i just find it i find it so annoying and just like why is it why does it still happen in the movies like you you know how we i it's fun to have all like the, the different tropes and stuff like that uh, a lot of them can be really really fun but when it came to, to Ned's character, the, the whole time it just kind of stuck under my skin. Something that sticks with me all the time because I'm just like, how is he funny? How is he fun? 
And why are the women written to just laugh off the thing mm-hmm. that he's doing? Every, every, in these movies, it's like the woman is just laughing off. Oh, <laughs> it's like, it, you know, I'm, I'm like, it would have been fun to just throw somebody in there once in a while and who just is, is, is that's not funny. You're stupid. Yeah. Just like one time. Cause that's just, I always remember him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we need more films writing and directing horror movies. I was movies. just about to say that because and I was going to say the reason why they're always in there, especially way back then, is because it was written, directed, produced, cinema, mm-hmm. uh, shot, uh, by three people do the trench coat. By, mm-hmm. by three chads in a trench coat. Three chads in a trench coat. Just like, <laughs> hey, get naked for us. Um, <laughs> and that's why they all feel weird. <laughs> the, one, the one I will say, I think one of the films that comes to mind first that I think handles that that archetype in a much better and less offensive way is Cabin in the Woods. Because the the fool or the prankster in that is not offensive. He's not like touching women's tits or like whatever. Uh-huh. He's just a stoner. <laughs> like, yeah, that you funny. are right. Yeah. That does it really well. Because you're right. The Joker doesn't always have to be a racist, you know, sexist right. pig. Yeah. I like that offensive Joker. Yeah. To like everyone. He was offensive to everybody. And then he was like wanting to touch all the girls, but then he looked offended um, that at his best friend's girl. That's not okay, dude. They're in a relationship. Why are you trying to touch that? You know, like, stop that. But in that one, it is true. You can have that character, but just better written and then have everybody else react in an according, like, manner, like, accordingly. Because to not have the women being written well is just, uh, it's just a disservice to, like, everybody. It's like, no character development, no uh, personality, no nothing. Actually, and I think it's, that, yeah. yeah, I think that if I, and it's been a minute since I rewatched this one, but part three of this franchise has a character that does similar things, but the women react in the way that you're talking about, where they all hate him and they all ignore him. And then he dies because they all ignore him. <laughs> yes. He was really, really annoying. Oh my gosh. But yeah, you're right. He did the, like the arrow thing to kind yes. of fool them, but they did get mad. That's true. Oh yeah. That yeah. was much better. They knew. They knew. They did better. Yeah. <laughs> Not that that's a much better film because it's the 3D one, but like. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, my my hot take is what I always say, which is that we need more femme slashers. I would have much rather Mrs. Voorhees be the mystical murderer for the next 90 movies um, <laughs> than for us to resurrect her son and age him. <laughs> and give him steroids, because that was a sprightly little boy that jumped over that river. Um, <laughs> and so for us to do all of that, we could have just like had her in her sweater popping up at this camp forever. Yeah. Um, and I would have lived, I would have lived, but more femme slashers in general in period forever, it's more interesting because we're often overlooked and underwritten. And mm-hmm. so nobody ever sees it coming. Um, I think Mrs. Voorhees and what the fuck are like the two that I am aware of having a femme who did it. And I know about WTF because we have a friend in it. And it's not like mm. it's something that like made it mainstream. Right. Yeah, I agree. More femme killers. I, I think the the sequel, which I don't, I've never watched it, so it could be terrible. But the sequel to American Psycho is a female killer, I think. Yeah. Okay, so that... My Okay. Yes. But I remember reading about this because first of all, I, I, I've only seen clips of it. It looks truly horrible. Sorry to anybody who likes it. You know, I, everybody's got their thing. I watch, I I watch and love horror, horrible movies too. So, but it, um, 
apparently this movie wasn't supposed to be a sequel to it, but they were writing mm. off like, I think it's maybe the same production company or something like that. So when uh, American Psycho did so well, they decided to, uh, you know, throw on the two and then add in a, a story to make it connect to the first know, one. Yeah. Um, but the, the clips that I've seen of it, it just looks truly horrible, but you are <laughs> correct. It is a female serial killer who's trying to emulate the from the first movie and blah 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 so yeah so don't watch it but it is a female killer anyway um to answer the question earlier about jason versus freddie uh i have not watched that movie in a very long time i'm sure there is a stoner um i have not watched it specifically because of the treatment of kelly Rowland's character and the fact that they made her say the uh call freddie the f word I refuse to go back and watch it. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever seen it. So sorry, God, I didn't know that happened. It's an yeah. awful movie for lots Is of it? reasons. Yeah. yeah at, the end, at the end, like Freddie says something really derogatory towards Kelly Rowland, and then Kelly Rowland says, Well, you're a fat. How did I? He, block said, out? he said something about dark meat. Um, uh, in a movie where Kelly Rowland's between oh, like a third and one a child, even though it's Kelly yeah. Rowland who was just his child at the time. Um, that sounds and they gave horrible. That yeah, it was awful. It was just like, let's get all the racist, um, homophobic things here. And yeah. nobody will own it, even though like clearly there were writers and directors and editors. Nobody will own it. And so they're just like, we don't know. That was why written they in the 2000s. That. that was written in the 2000s. As, uh, as we have learned, the early aughts are sometimes worse than even the 90s. <laughs> like, Whoa. <laughs> it's, it's really, oh, yeah. Okay. Because I, I, I remember I saw it in the theater, never saw it again. But I couldn't remember, but I did when you mentioned that. I was like, oh my gosh, I just completely had like a horrible memory of that. Now I remember it. <laughs> Twas awful. It, yeah. I, why was that the only thing we got out of it? Because that's the only thing they gave us. Um, <laughs> and that weird CGI worm. I do remember that strangely. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so my hot take for Friday the 13th. While I'm not a huge fan of the franchise as a whole, I, this is one of my favorite classic slashers. Um, you know, put it up there next to like Halloween. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, like those are like some of my favorite classic slashers. Um, but yeah, but I'm not a huge fan of the franchise because it's very hit or miss after this. I see that journey for you. I won't start this conversation because we're well over an hour, (laughs) but I see that journey for you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the, I, yeah, yeah. There there are some decent, uh, the franchise, don't get me wrong. It definitely turned into a monster flick and monster flicks can be fun and good. But as a whole, this is probably my least favorite franchise of like the main horror franchises. There's so many. And so I think, like you said, it's very hit or miss. So the, the hits are just kind of, with the, with the misses, it brings down the franchise. So yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, once you get to your fifth movie, you're not doing it for art. <laughs> you're not, um, and that's a problem, Leprechaun in the Hood. But on that <laughs> lovely note, we have been here well past. <laughs> well, we asked of our guests and the people watching at home. <laughs> yes, yes, we can talk about this. We can talk with these two lovely guests forever. Thank you so Thank much, Holly and Alma, for joining us on Friday the 13th. Hey, hey, I thought of the movie. I would oh, like yes. to watch with you guys. Yes. Oh, 
train to Busan. I think that would be yes. so fun to watch with y'all. <laughs> so many kills, so many kills. So. I wish we had this conversation sooner in life. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh <laughs> but there's a sequel, which I have not watched. I don't know. I watched the, the, the prequel and the sequel already. Um, I watched the sequel. We'll get into and it. And I won't want to ruin it. Because sometimes I'm like, yeah. Okay, no, no, no. No, I love a Train to Busan, though. And I'm going to love the prequel when I get to that. But yeah. I saw the sequel. <laughs> Her face. She watched the sequel. I did it. Because I was like, should we do that? And I was like, no. <laughs> Alma, do you have a film you would like to cover on the show? Uh, no, I. but I don't have a movie. I just thought of a type of movie. I would okay. like to do a vampire movie because we don't do them that often. I don't see a lot of people. I like, I like vampire movies, and it, it, even if they're not the best or old or new or whatever, I just find them just to be a kind of like a, a different. There's not as many to me. I love that them. I can, We've only done two and, but, on the show. We need to do so many more. Um, on Tubi, there's a movie called Bit, and I had a really good time. Um, oh, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah. Do it. It's a good time. It's a good time. Um, yeah, like it's it's a it's a it's a girl gang of vampires. Um, <laughs> um, yes, yes. Um, that's all I'm gonna say. I won't say anything else because it ruins things and tells too much. But okay. yes. All right. So thank you so much to Dolly and Alma for sticking with us for almost an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> we got chatty. <laughs> right, you all are awesome. Thank you to everyone who watched and who will listen to this once we get this up on our podcast feed. Um, and as always, make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you.